0: Are you
1: listening? Are you 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 listening? Are you
0: listening?
1: Are you listening? Are you
0: listening? Are you listening? Are you listening?
1: Are you listening? Are you listening? Are you listening? Are you listening? Uh, where two guys sit around and talk about a record that we both listen to for a week. Concise. We'll go with that intro. Yeah. <laughs> Very concise. I, I approve of it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my name is Scott. I'm here with my friend, Brand. How are you today, my friend? I'm good. Allergies are still kicking my ass, but we're getting there. I'm trying to manage them. We're getting there, though. Yeah, we're here uh, back again with a record that you have not listened to. But to start off this episode... Uh, we do have to say a rest in peace to
0: Andy Fletcher. The keyboardist from Depeche Mode. It seems every episode now we, we're basically saying like RIP to somebody. And I think it's because it's at that. Well, I think it's because of two things. One thing yeah. is because leg- legacy bands have become such a m- bigger thing, like where bands sure. just stay around so much longer. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing is that the music we've listened to or even... You know, just before we've listened to, they're mm-hmm. getting older anyway. So, like, it's just going to continue to happen. And it's a kind of a bummer. Yeah,
1: it, it's a real bummer. Admittedly, not the biggest Depeche Mode
0: fan, but I like their stuff. I've never listened to everything. I've listened to a few things. And, I mean, like, I think we we actually just talked about a little bit before the episode. But yeah. Violator, I think if I increase it by, like, 20% speed, I'd be fine. But it's a little too slow for me but i yeah. know like it's considered uh, like the pinnacle of depeche mode like it's one of the there, greatest yeah, albums of all time
1: yeah i think it's a great album i'd be curious to see what it sounded like 20% sped up D- that that kind of slow slow paces just depeche mode like that's what they did
0: yeah and when i was getting into like the new wave stuff and like depeche mode was always kind of like hanging there as a as a like a name of like hey you should check these guys out and i just never got around to diving in because I, I think I tested it a few times and I was like I don't know if this is necessarily like the new wave I had in my head right. so like I went with like the Echo and the Bunnyman uh, like sure. ABC things like that but yeah yeah uh, sad sad times did I just shit on a Depeche Mode record while we were saying RIP to their keyboardist I don't think so <laughs> I'm not okay. sure if you did I'm, or not I'm hoping not I still respect them as a band though and I respect yeah every member of said band
1: so uh so yeah uh, rest in peace to Andy Fletcher the one thing about saying rest in peace to these artists is that the music never goes away right like there's always that little piece of them that stays that sticks around I appreciate that a lot (laughs) let's get into this black star record most deaf and talib Kweli are black star black star is an American hip-hop duo formed in 1997 from Brooklyn New York Duo is composed of rappers Yasin Bey, formerly known as Most Def, and Talib Kweli. The duo is named after the Black Star Line, a shipping company founded by Marcus Garvey, who was also their organizer of the Universal Negro Improvement Association. Black Star arose from the underground movement of the late 1990s which was in large part due to Raucous Records, an independent record label in NYC. They, together with other members of the Native Tongues Posse, the Jungle Brothers, De La Soul, Tribe Called Quest, Queen Lativa, a bunch of artists, helped shape underground alternative rap, bringing it into the mainstream. That is, like, my space in hip-hop. Uh, Native big, tongue. Big fan of underground hip-hop. I think I don't know if we've talked about it on the podcast, but we've talked about the East Coast, West Coast thing. And I've always said I'm kind of an East Coast guy more, but not in the sense of the main guys that everybody talks about in that coastal war.
0: You're also, I imagine, not super familiar with like L.A. underground, like the hyphy movement and shit. That's that's also true. You just found what you enjoyed and latched on. Yeah, and heavily. <laughs> are Have you been a fan of, like, all the Native Tongue Vax? Because I was aware of Native Tongues. It's just kind of in the ether, like, just kind of one of those things that you hear. Yeah. And I've listened to Tribe Called Quest. I've listened to Queen Latifah. Yeah. And I've listened to a, some De La Soul, but not a ton, because in the past, I don't know, what, 10 years, it's not exactly easy to come by because of their samples. They couldn't get cleared. Yeah, yeah. But have you, like, are you a fan across the board of, like, Native Tongues, or? I, do, I don't know that I've
1: experienced all of Native Tongues, but, like, those ones that you just, that you just threw out there, um, a fan of, yes.
0: So you like Queen Latifah? You're a fan of Latifah? Oh,
1: dude, yeah. There was a time where Emily and I would joke about who we would love to be with as far as celebrities go. Oh,
0: yeah. And Queen Latifah was, <laughs> like, at the top of my list. I, I've I she's, also had a huge crush on Queen Latifah. I yeah. still do. I'm not gonna like turn amazing. It down, but she's just not like as as around anymore. She's not as visible right. anymore. Yeah, she showed up at there was did she show up at an award show a few years ago? They did like a yeah they did like a a, a medley, and like uh, Naughty by Nature showed up, and oh, she showed up on like a crotch rocket. It was sick. It was oh
1: really? Sick. I'd have yeah. to look that up because I don't I don't think i saw that at all
0: and then of course she did the blockbuster movie with jimmy fallon taxi i did watch that movie (laughs) (laughs) both yasin Bey and talib kwali have
1: gone on to greater commercial and critical success in their solo careers yasin Bey is an american rapper singer songwriter and actor he began his hip-hop career in 1994 alongside his siblings in the short-lived rap group urban thermodynamics after which they appeared on albums by The Bush Babies and De La Soul. Bay went on to form Black Star with fellow Brooklyn rapper Kweli and released their debut album in 1998. Bay was featured on the roster of Raucous Records and in 1999 released his solo debut, Black on Both Sides, followed by The New Danger in 2004, True Magic in 2006, and The Ecstatic in 2009. Now, of those, I know you listened to Black on Both Sides. Have you ever listened to any other... most deaf stuff nope okay and then after 09 he's kind of been focusing on acting
0: for the most uh
1: he's been kind of under the radar for a very long time uh just trying to stay out of the public eye and media and away from all that but he did a lot of acting
0: i think i remember him from uh an episode of house is that is that a thing or no oh maybe was he on dexter I'm not sure he was. I think he was in. that.
1: Was he really? I think one of my favorite ones of his was the remake of the Italian job where he was a demolitions expert who was
0: like half deaf. The Mark Wahlberg one. Yeah, man. What a wild, wild movie that is.
1: I also really loved him
0: in uh, the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, that that movie. Yeah, and then he other stuff, like it looks like he was just a working actor for a lot. Like he just was, he would just do a job here, do a job there. Like, yeah. Good for him, man. But yeah, he's pretty fantastic, in my opinion. Yeah, I've never disliked him as an actor, ever. The editors of About.com listed
1: Yasim Bey as the 14th greatest rapper on their 50 greatest rappers of all time list. Bey has also been been featured on many tracks on other artist projects, including Kanye West, Apollo Heights. Stephen Marley, The Roots, and Gorillaz. Talib Kweli earned recognition early on through his collaboration with fellow Brooklyn rapper Yasiin Bey in 1997 when they formed the group Blackstar. Kweli's musical career continued with solo success, including collaborations with producers and rappers Kanye West, Just Blaze, and Pharrell Williams. Kweli went on to release eight solo albums, Kweli in 2002, The Beautiful Struggle in 2004, Eardrum in 2007, Gutter Rambo's in 2011, Prisoner of Conscience in 2013, Gravitas in 2013, Fuck the Money in 2015, and Radio Silence in 2017. In addition to releasing seven collab albums, Train of Thought in 2000 with High Tech as Reflection Eternal, Liberation in 2007 with Madlib, Revolutions Per Minute in 2010 with High Tech. Habits of the Heart in 2011 with Rez as Idol Warship, Indy 500 with The Ninth Wonder, The Seven in 2017 with Styles P, and Gotham in 2021 with
0: Diamond D. His discography is so crazy. I'm way more familiar with Talib Kweli, but that doesn't mean I'm like educated on Tal- Talib Kweli. Like out of those, what, 15, 16 albums you said? yeah. I've listened to probably five, probably five of them. I have listened to, I've listened to six. I've listened to like, and most of his shit that i listen to is the new stuff. Like gutter, gutter rainbows is the earliest I've listened to of his. See, I've listened to the, like most of the old stuff. And I, I've probably listened to, I may have listened to more of the compilation albums, but I know for sure that I've listened to like three of them but I may have listened to him. I know I listened to styles P one. I know for a fact, I do have to you,
1: I listened to the, to the high tech one, the reflection eternal, like both of those. I listened to both of those. And then I listened to the first four solo albums that he did,
0: which are the ones I've never touched, which is wild. Like it's, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a crazy. wild where that just you stopped and I picked up. Right. <laughs> which is,
1: it's, that's funny. He's a phenomenal lyricist and rapper. Like he's just amazing.
0: They they both are. I mean, oh, yeah, this episode will not be about their ability to rap at all like that. That's oh, not no. something that is in question. That's not something that even needs talked about. Like they're both extremely skilled in the art of rapping. Yeah, 100 uh, percent.
1: And both their pens are just without question, top tier. Most Devin Talab Kweli, our Black Star, was released on September 29, 1998, to critical acclaim. The album deals with modern-day issues, philosophical ideas, and life in Brooklyn, as the two artists know it. The album has 13 tracks, with a runtime of 50 minutes and 11 seconds. The album's fruition came about from the chemistry between the two MCs. Both planned to release their solo albums around the same time, but they postponed their individual projects and decided instead to collaborate on a full-length LP. The album was voted the 24th Best Album of 1998 in the Village Voices Paz and Jop poll, which we've talked about before. Uh, It reached number 53 on the U.S. Billboard 200 chart and number 13 on the Billboard R&B hip-hop charts. We'll jump into the Billboard Hot 100 for the time now, since I brought it up. (laughs) <laughs> yes please all right so billboard hot 100 for the week of september 26th 1998 number one i don't want
0: to miss a thing by aerosmith i gotta be honest a lot of people talk a lot of shit about like post 80s aerosmith like a lot of there, there. there's two types of aerosmith fans and it's the yes. pre-80s and the post 80s yep pretty much i i love the giant aerosmith songs of the 90s and the thousands i love them I can't yeah. I can't deny it. I love them. Does that mean I've listened to those albums? Absolutely not. I don't care. <laughs> right. But those giant like movie the soundtrack songs? songs. Yeah. I-, I love them.
1: I do love them. This track is them. one of those ones that was on the compilation CDs for Emily. Our anniversary yes. CDs. <laughs>
0: oh,
1: yeah, that's a win this, there. This one and the Newfound Glory cover that they did
0: for this song. I didn't even know Newfound Glory covered this.
1: Yeah, they have they have a series of uh CDs that came out that were um from the screen to the stereo to your stereo, I think is the name of them, and they're all movie cover songs. And this was wow.
0: one of them. Number 2, The First Night by Monica. I don't know much about her. I know the name and I know she was big in the time, but I she was very R&B and I I yes. I've never been super into R&B, if I'm being honest. I've never okay. And I hate talking about them, but I just got to bring up like R. Kelly was the closest. Because mm. like I yeah. really loved the Trap in the Closet series. I was a big fan of those just for how fucking ridiculous they got after a yeah, while. Right. But all in all, I've never been a huge r b guy. I'd like to try. I think I'd like to try to get an RB, but I don't know if I'm in a place right now that I'd be into it.
1: I'd have to look back onto any r b stuff that I might have been into. The only thing I can think of... And I don't even think it was '98; it was later than that. But Alicia Keys, I got big into her first record. I
0: liked her singles.
1: Yeah. Oh, like Boys to
0: Men. Yeah, I never really got into Boys to Men either. Yeah. Uh, Jagged Edge, I like a few Jagged Edge tracks. Okay, if that counts. But mainly, the only R&B I got into, other than the guy I'm not mentioning his name again, is yeah. basically when R&B and hip hop did that thing where they were always together. Like that was yes. kind of the yeah. limit of it for me. And I loved that. But then when yeah. I went to experience some of these R&B stuff, all these R&B people's personal albums, I was just like, I don't. Wasn't feeling it. It just wasn't what I was into, at least at the time. Maybe I'd go back now and I'd love Drew Hill's record. I don't know. <laughs> number three <laughs> is Crushed by Jennifer Page.
1: No I idea what that, is, who that is or what that song is at all. Uh, number four is My Way by Usher. Okay, I forgot about Usher.
0: I like yeah. Usher a lot. I forgot about Usher. My bad. Yeah, My confessions album was uh,
1: huge. phenomenal.
0: Yeah, it was huge.
1: Number five, The Boy Is Mine by Brandy and Monica.
0: Oh, well. Yep. <laughs> there it is. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah, there it is. Uh, so I went down a little bit further to get some of what maybe we were listening to. So
0: at number 19, Still a G-Thing by Snoop Dogg. Yeah. I don't know if I was listening to the Snoop Dogg in, at this time, though, because he wasn't super relevant or super like on top of the game at the time. No, this is much later than doggy style. Much so, later.
1: Yeah. Um, Intergalactic by the Beastie Boys came in at number 30. I remember that being a giant music video on MTV. It was huge. Yeah. At number 38, How's It Gonna Be by Third Eye Blind, a band that you have not listened to the record. Mm-mm. I have no idea what that song even is. You don't know
0: that song? Okay. I, they did. They're they're the Jumper band, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's the. Only, I think that's the only song by them I know.
1: Oh, okay. I know they're on the list for you, but mm-hmm. this was kind of a bigger single for them, so I thought maybe you would have heard it. But
0: I don't think. so. I mean, maybe if I heard it, I'd be mm-hmm. like, "Oh yeah, I've heard this before," but I couldn't put a pin gotcha. on it right now. Number forty-two, Shimmer by the band Fuel. Did you ever listen Perfect. to them? We're getting down there. We're, 40, yeah, yeah. we're getting the forties. Um, I know of Fuel. Mm-hmm. There was probably what was their big big hit. They had Shimmer. they had one big. That's the big one that I probably heard it. Yeah, Fuel was a was a band that when I was when I was doing the Columbia House CD situation. Yeah, I almost got a Fuel record, but it was out Sunburn, of stock.
1: Or I believe the the name of that record was Sunburn. I couldn't tell you.
0: So I could have been a completely different place in my life if I would have gotten that <laughs> Fuel record instead of. The Godsmack changed record. everything. It have, oh god, the Godsmack record. Woo-do, 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 woo-do. I'm going to be honest. No, hold on. I got to be honest. I still love those two singles off that record. I will go oh, to my smack. grave. Yeah. Voodoo and whatever are banger tracks and I will take that to the grave. They are great. I guess I
1: need to go back and listen. No, I don't need to go back and listen to that record. I don't feel the need. But I'll I'll trust you.
0: Bangers. Those are two <laughs> banger tracks. Just two just thumpers. Sure. And uh, I don't like God's back. <laughs> <laughs> one last one off
1: the top one hundred. Coming in at number sixty. Definition by most deaf and Talib Kwali. Hmm. Our Black Star. Good. Good
0: enough. Yeah, so I'm glad they
1: made the hot one hundred with it. Yeah. Um, other albums released in September of 1998. On the 8th we had Hole's Celebrity Skin. Oh
0: my god, I love that record so much. I want to punch you in the face so hard right I, now. I adore that record. That record you, to me is fucking fantastic. I love every track. Oh, I, I love that record. Listeners, I, this podcast is even, now
1: over. Thank you for I'm listening. Not even, like, we will never come back for another episode. Um, I love thank that. you for hanging out with us for as long that. as you have. Love you all. Oh, make
0: me over. Oh, no, no, shut no, the no, up. No, God, no. I'm all I wanna be. No, 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 no. I love that record. No, like no joke. And I, and as really? we talked before, I, yeah, like not joking, really? not being facetious. I love that oh record. My God,
1: no. I don't even know how
0: I came about listening to it the first time, but I, I do. I love that record. Mm. This hurts so bad. <laughs> I love it. Hurts. It. it hurts myself. Have you listened to have you listened to the full thing? No. Mm.
1: Don't wow. if you bring it to me, I'm not listening to it. It's going on the list. <laughs> I can't. It's no. going
0: on the list. Oh
1: god, no. Whole. It's a good record. If you if you put it on the list and we do an episode, I'm gonna shit all over that record.
0: And you can, but all I ask <laughs> is, you, is that you would give it it's fair opportunity because I'm oh, going to be honest. It is a good record,
1: man. I can't. Uh, yeah. Okay. Also released <laughs> on September 8th, 1998 Everlast Whitey Ford sings the blues. Never heard it. You have heard singles off of it.
0: Yeah, I'm sure I have. Everlast had was,
1: a few. Yeah. And they were both off. Like he had like two or three that were off this record that were gigantic. Uh, What it's like. Yeah, I know that one. Yeah, uh, I can't think of the other one because there was like at least two really big ones. But what it's like was huge. Yes, I, I yeah,
0: it was. But yeah. I've never listened to the full thing. I think I just learned recently that Everlast was like part of a group. What, what, House what, of what pain. Group was pain Yeah, I just learned recently that he was part of House of Pain. <laughs> you didn't know that. Oh, man. no, because I never I never really listened to House of Pain. Well, I was aware of them, but I've never really listened to them.
1: That's got to go on the list.
0: Yeah, right there. Jump after. around. I know Jump around. Yeah, that's off that record. I've never listened to That's House of Pain.
1: That'll be that'll be remedied.
0: House of Pain and like be- because I mentioned him earlier naughty by nature. Yeah. they always had this weird like <laughs> this is going to be a weird way to explain it, but you remember the uh, you it might be a little before little like after you would have been watching, it, but there was a Nickelodeon sketch show all that you remember the, the Nickelodeon oh, sketch I show? all I slightly
1: that? remember that, but that was, like, I was yeah. getting too old for that.
0: Yeah. Well, they had, but they would also have musical guests. And I think, like, Naughty by Nature appeared on there once. Wow. And, like, Coleo was, was on there.
1: That's wild for a Nickelodeon show.
0: <laughs> well, it was, like, supposed to be, like, the older Nickelodeon. Okay. I think. And in my head, there's, like, all that. Guest performances is like a genre of hip hop in my head, like because oh, wow. all these people would show up on there and I may be misremembering all this, but I swear they all showed up on there. I, I'm I'm like 99% sure TLC did the other ones. It, right. it drops down like naughty by nature. Like I'm like 80% okay. and then it just goes down by that. But it's, that's like, there was like a whole genre of hip hop that in my head, I considered all that hip hop that I never really like ventured into. Hmm. Also released on September 8th, Digital Underground's Who Got the Gravy.
1: I don't know that one. You never listened to Digital Underground at all?
0: Uh, Never a full record. I've heard tracks here and there, but never a full record. Well, yeah, everybody's heard the Humpty Dance. (laughs) Yes. And actually, (laughs) my mother's uh, fiance, who just passed away recently, who didn't listen to a lick of hip-hop. Like, not that kind of guy. Like, not at all. Knew every fucking word to the Humpty Dance, which is really weird, because it's like an eight-minute long song. Yeah, it's it's pretty long. He knew every word. It was insane. We were on vacation in, like, Myrtle Beach, and it was playing, and he was singing it. I was like, what the fuck is happening here? <laughs> That's awesome. That's great. Uh, moving on to September 15th,
1: 1998, Trans-Siberian Orchestra came out with the Christmas Attic. Because everybody needs a good Christmas album in September.
0: I don't know if I want st- to... Stake my fucking flag on Trans Siberian Orchestra, but like I'm good. Like, yeah, I don't need any of that? I'm. I like classic Christmas music. I don't need you bringing an electric guitar into this. Like I'm fine. I don't need it. <laughs> I, I. And and the the idea that because I listen to like heavier music that people think I love Trans Siberian Orchestra yeah, is, right, a, yeah. is a horrible way to approach me. Right.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, released September twenty first, nineteen ninety eight. Eels Electroshock Blues, which is a record you might be getting eventually
0: because it's a big one for me. Yeah. I only know that like one Eels track. Novocaine for the Soul. I don't know what one it is. It was in like a movie or something or a TV show.
1: Uh, I think Novocaine for the Soul was on that
0: road trip movie. Oh, then I probably know that one too. There might be a few Eels songs I know. I didn't know because... You you brought the eels up at one point, and I sent and I sent you some like a song I've heard of them, and you were like, Mm. "You listen to the eels?" And I don't remember what it was though.
1: (laughs) Okay, albums released September twenty second, which is wild because the eels one was released September twenty first. Goo Goo Dolls, "Dizzy Up the Girl," never in my life. Okay, Uh, Kisses, Psycho Circus. Oh, isn't that considered one of the worst? I believe so. Was that the
0: concept album? You know my opinions on KISS. They're not very... The concept album is The Elder. Oh, nope. Don't know that one either. That was their ninth album from 1981. Oh, wow. Okay. I think it's considered like one of the worst, not just KISS records, but like music records. <laughs> oh, I kind of feel like we need to listen to it now. <laughs> I,
1: yeah, I kind of do too. <laughs> I love it. Also released September 22nd,
0: The Beach Boys' Ultimate Christmas. Yeah, see, I'll take that over Trans Siberian Orchestra, and I don't really Me care too. about the Beach Boys one or the other. I like the Beach Boys. I've always been a fan. I don't have anything against the Beach Boys. I think they should have let Charlie Manson join, but that's neither here nor there. I don't know that that's true. He just wanted to be a Beach Boy, Scott. <laughs> he just to be a yeah. Brian Wilson he lived at his house. He didn't have the
1: vocal chops, though. I'm gonna have to bring you a record. <laughs> a Charlie Manson record? Yeah. I've heard some. I've heard some songs. <laughs> <laughs> I own a record. That's wild. Last week of September, crazy week, Outcasts, Aquemini.
0: That's a big one. Yeah, super good. Big fan of Outkast. We both are. Two of the greatest to ever get together. Like, it's oh, it, yeah. it's interesting that we can bring up Outcast as a duo when yep, we're talking was, about a mnostef Talib qualid duo. I was kind of
1: trying to do a parallel there. Yeah. Well, this is also, so this week that I'm talking about right now is the week that this Black Star record came out too. So Aquemini and, and Black Star came out the same week. As well as AFI's A Fire Inside EP. That's their first like official yeah. release, right? Yep. But in ninety eight, that's pretty crazy. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah, it is. And then Brand Nubian came out with Foundation.
0: I have no idea what Brand Nubian is. Oh no? Uh uh-uh.
1: uh. And then um a, chi- a tribe called Quest came out with the Love Movement. I like a tribe called
0: Quest, which which record is the Love Movement? Not one that I've listened to. No, I've listened to Low End Theory and yep. what's the other? What's the other big one? Uh, Midnight, Marauders, Midnight Marauders. Yeah, yeah. Those are the only two I've listened to. I've heard tracks from other ones, but I've never listened to another full one. And then the last record I have coming out
1: September twenty ninth, nineteen ninety eight. Jay Z's Volume Two,
0: Hard Knock Life, huge record. I the first Jay Z record I ever listened to was the Blueprint. Okay. The second Jay Z record I ever listened to was that one. Yeah, super good. Yeah, it's great.
1: I, I, I don't like that tone. I don't like that tone.
0: <laughs> I fight myself about Jay Z all the time because, like, as as talented Why? as he is, it's just a lot of his shit never clicks with me. Like, like, really ever. And I, I think it also plays into I didn't know. Be- because Big Pimpin' is one of the first Jay-Z tracks I ever heard, mm-hmm. I, d- I didn't know of, like, the struggle Jay-Z, and, like, I didn't know the okay. Jay-Z story, which plays a lot into who Jay-Z is. Yeah, which you end up finding out on other records. Yeah. I mean, I actually like, what was that real shitty one he did that was, uh, like, Death of Autotune, Blueprint 3, which everybody hated? I didn't mind. I it. liked it. I didn't mind. The it only the only problem with it is, and I'm going to point this out to you. And if you ever listen to it again, you're going to hear it. and You're going to hate it. Every eight seconds, you hear Jay Z go ah ah ah, and it is the fucking worst. Like once oh. you lock in on that sound, it, it you're like it just oh, never goes wow. away. <laughs> Why are we doing this again? Well,
1: that's all the notes I have leading up to you telling me
0: what you thought track by track. Yeah, let's get into it. Let's break this. Let's thing do up. it. The intro track, the entitled intro. intro titled intro opens up with we have a re- we feel a responsibility and I feel like that is a great mission statement for this record. Like you feel that they do feel a responsibility. It's not them just saying shit like they feel a responsibility yeah. to say what they're about to say. It's 100% a vibe setter. Not necessarily a full track. Just kind of sets the vibe for everything. Yeah. So for the intro, it was
1: produced by High Tech and Quali. So Quali actually has some production notes on this record. Uh, the track contains a sample of Cannonball Adder- Adderly speaking, taking from an interlude from his live album, Music
0: You All. I don't know who that is. It's Cannonball Adderly. Yep, no clue who that is. <laughs> <laughs> Which that may be a running theme in some of these tracks. <laughs> yeah, 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 I get it. Track number two, Astronomy, parenthetically, Eighth Light. Yep. And right off the bat, this thing's so smooth, it's it just there there. You can't fight this if you wanted to. Like your hands would slip off of the track. Like you'd go to punch <laughs> it, and it would just slide right off it. It, the, the scratching on this, the record scratching, which isn't something you hear a lot anymore. it's It, mm-hmm. it kind of stands out because you don't hear it anymore. And it, that, again, is so precise and smooth. It's an incredible an incredible track through and through without question. I don't have a super lot to say about this one in particular, but sure. th- this, the smoothness of it jumped out at me very quickly.
1: Astronomy contains a feature from Weldon Irvine and is produced by
0: beat Miners. All right. We're 0 for 3 on. There you Obelman. go. Or are featured so far (laughs) next track definition the one that this is the one that charted right yes okay definition for me this sound of this track is the archetype of conscious hip-hop like when i think conscious hip-hop definition is what the sound is in my head even if i've never heard this track and i don't i don't know if i had before this i really don't the sound of it to throwing references that i would have never known when i was younger Mm-hmm. like when I was listening to Common, because Common, and we'll get to him on this. Oh, we will. Album eventually. will. Yeah. Uh, Common, real good at throwing references I never, 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 never would know. <laughs> right. But there's a lot of references thrown in here that if I listened to this when I was younger, like when I was listening to Common, I probably wouldn't have caught them. And I caught, mm-hmm. I, I don't get me wrong, I didn't catch every reference. There's a lot oh, no. of references in here I still don't get. There's a lot of references on here that, are a, are a bit dated not in this track necessarily but th- but there's some that do not i repeat do not hold up at all yeah. <laughs> the, the hook if you will the the one two three most mm-hmm. F- definitely quality is yeah. perfection it it sounds like that it sounds like it's been a hit for 50 years that's how good it sounds And then the way it's played, and I'm going to reference into redefinition with this, the way it's played two different ways, like the quality is sung differently on them. Like on Mm -hmm. this one, it's kind of like stuttered a little bit. And the next one, it's smooth. Mm -hmm. Just this flawless. The production on this whole record is there's no I have no problems with it. The rapping, I I don't have many problems with it. Let's be honest. But Mm -hmm. like I said, we're not we're not going to be here to talk about their rapping capabilities and already. Two, two and a half, because I'm gonna get get in redefinition. Two and yeah. a half tracks in. Th- this isn't gonna be about production either. This is just gonna be basically me flying by the seat of my pants talking about what I've heard here and there. Sure. Because yeah. it's, it, it's hard to it's hard to argue with anything that's happening. Getting into what you
1: talked about about the one, two, three, that's actually an interpolation, kind of a sample of uh, Boogie Down Productions track. Okay, so that might be why it sounds so. Yeah. Like so Boogie Down B- D- Productions, uh KRS One, D nice, and DJ Scotland Rock, they have two songs that were interpolated on both definition and redefinition. Uh the P I mean, is free and Stop the Violence. I think Stop the
0: Violence is the one, two, three. So that might be it then. Like because I prob I may have heard that somewhere at some sure. point that when I heard this, I was like, That sounds like it's always existed. Yeah, I I love BDP. K R S one is he's up there, up there. One of the greatest. Yeah. Of all time, too. Yeah, Just always reason. has. This is also the first track definition when uh, Tupac and Biggie are mentioned, and it's yes. shot Tupac and Biggie. Mm-hmm.
1: It's kind of dangerous to be an MC. Kind of going in definition uh, and redefinition.
0: They're both produced by High Tech. For redefinition, it, it is kind of a continuation of the previous track, which I will tell you I yeah. highly approve of because if that was one track, mm-hmm. it would be way too long for me. It would be long, yeah. I would have been out. I would have been out even before definition ended in that half of the track. Sure. Some more aged references here. And I've, I have some that I wrote down Xerox. There are people that, (laughs) if you say Xerox, they won't even know what that is today. Yeah.
1: Well, we've talked about that before too. Like how rappers right now saying, yeah, pagers. And like, then people saying Instagram right now, like in 20 years, who, you know, who knows if it's, if Instagram is still going to be a thing or not. But yeah. Yeah. It's crazy we how know. things that are relevant at the time can age it so, so much in a 20 year span.
0: Yeah. Another one that nobody would know at all what it is. Let's be real. Funk Master flex. Oh, that's kind of sad. Maybe he's only known as doesn't he have like one of those radio shows where he brings people on to do freestyles. Yeah. So like he's probably only known in that regard as opposed to being the DJ hype man that he was for years. That's crazy to think about. Well, how many people do you think don't know Sway as a MTV VJ? They know him as Sway from Sway in the Sway morning. Sway in the morning. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty wild.
1: I get I guess because like I grew up knowing him in that capacity
0: that Yeah. I've just always thought of them like that. Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. And then in that same breath, when they talk about funkmaster flex, and I know they tried to make a comeback recently. But starter again, it's a bummer that people might not know what starter jackets are. Yeah. Cause that Jeez. is one of the that is some of the sickest streetwear ever. That was starter it.
1: Jackets. yeah, if you didn't have a starter jacket back in the
0: late nineties, like you, you were a clown. I mean, like even kids had them. Like they like kids whatever hometown team that their parents supported, they would buy their kids like starter jackets. Either that, or they had a Raiders one, or a Charlotte Hornets one. Also, I saw a bunch (laughs) of San Jose Sharks ones, which is... Oh, yeah, that's another one, too.
1: I personally had the Charlotte Hornets one.
0: (laughs) I had a Dallas Cowboys one. Nobody in my family was... Nobody was a Dallas Cowboys fan. Don't know where it came from. No idea. And then the line on this track where he says, before Pock and Biggie were martyrs, Mm -hmm. is incredible. Because, realistically... My entire "quote unquote" career as a hip hop fan, Pac and Biggie were martyrs. Like I, as as a fan, I don't. I've never known either of them like as the rappers. They've always just been these taken, like gone too soon. Best that have ever done it. Arguments right. for both of them. So yeah. like I've never. For me, it's hard to wrap my mind around what they were prior to that because I, it's never existed in my life as a hip-hop fan.
1: Yeah. Um, Tupac, for me, I think we've talked about it before. I've never listened to a full Tupac project before, and I've always seen him as, I don't want to say overrated, but the few things that I have heard from him don't necessarily put him on that pedestal of one of the greatest who have ever done it.
0: I think I brought this up before, too. But I think a lot of that has to do with because Biggie and Pac are compared so much that Biggie was that lyricist like Biggie was that dude who was putting shit together like that. And if you compare lyricism, I don't think there's a comparison. I think Biggie's a better lyricist. There are moments where Pac could reach that level, but he wasn't consistent at that level. But Pac was the embodiment of. Of the hardcore gangster rap. Hip hop west side attitude. Like he was what that was. So I think that's why he's put in that pedestal. It's not his. It wasn't necessarily his talent. It was that he chose to live it. I guess. Okay.
1: Sure. But Biggie. I was. I mean I was around listening to hip hop. When he was still around. 94 was when his debut album came out. And I mean I wasn't huge into hip-hop at the age of 12, but it was on the radio. I was four. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And then 97 was when um, Life After Death came out. So, you know, 15. So I was definitely into it then. And then when he passed away, it was kind of a
0: a big, big thing. But you weren't listening to Pac. So like him passing away. Yeah. I
1: I remember the news about Pac passing away. And then all the posthumous stuff coming out and then all the theories that he wasn't actually dead and i just remember all that hype and i was just like okay
0: this like nah this isn't this isn't it for me i think that's some of it too is there was he became such a a figure as opposed to a man because because so much stuff came out after he died yeah it it, there's a lot there that you could dive into but I could see why you weren't it's like how you're not into the theatrics. Like it's kind of yeah. in that scenario. Not and not saying that, you know, I'm not saying Bach is still alive or anything like that. Right. But, but just the. Yeah, it would seem like theatrics. Yeah. Next up is Children's Story. Yep. Kind of a come down track for me. Like I felt like definition and redefinition were just they had me at, at this certain level and then Children's Story brings me down a little bit. Sure. And it, it to me. It seemed like kind of an autobi- autobiographical story, but the, it's also kind of a commentary on the gangster rap lifestyle that would have been prevalent in this time. Is that am I? Even it's, close? Defi-
1: it's definitely a shot at the music industry around that time because yeah. that's when Diddy was coming out with all this hip hop mixed with uh, samples from old R and B songs, and that's basically mm-hmm. what this is about. Like. The track itself is a play off an old Slick Rick song, also titled "Children's Story," and it, it. I mean, it's basically Yasin Bey doing his version of a Slick Rick track. So, like paying like homage almost to Slick
0: yeah. Rick with it. Okay,
1: but then throwing it together because the Slick Rick what, Slick Rick track was basically about this kid who got into doing uh who got into the gang life, right? Okay. Um, so this is then Yasin Bey's version about the music industry just taking advantage of uh, of what was going on at the time this track uh i'll just say produced by somebody i don't know anything about produced by sean j period no so we're oh for four for me knowing any (laughs) of these people (laughs) there you go
0: well you know high tech i mentioned high tech i mean only by name like i wouldn't be able to like pull anything else sure all right. Now into brown skin lady, brown
1: skin lady.
0: First thing I have written is now we're talking. <laughs> and all the listeners can imagine me like rubbing my hands together. Like now this we're is talking, this we're is warming it. up. The love song vibe on this is it. Like this yeah. is it for me. This is pinnacle of what I want with this type of hip hop to me. Okay. Like this is what, this is what I love. Yeah, there's a line in here. She's fine. Add Ari in the front and see if she D to get with a cat like me. Oh, my God. Is that so good? <laughs> like, that's so good. It's so slick. It's so good. Checker. She the nectar that the bee get close to. Come mm-hmm. on. Yeah. If any, if anybody listens to this track and dislikes it, we're we're going to have problems. We're not we're not going <laughs> to hang out. Like, there's issues. Yeah, this is, this is it's so good. I love this track so much. The only thing that I have even close to negatively say about is at the end, mm-hmm. they're listing like where females are from and like yeah. Nigeria, Botswana. And then one of these things is not like the other. <laughs> how the fuck does Cincinnati? Yeah, I knew you were going to say there? that. I knew you were going to say that. Like, how do you go like <laughs> Nigeria and Cincinnati? Right, (laughs) Like, was something going on in Cincinnati this time that I'm not aware of? I have no idea. Okay, let's even look at it this way. The only other U.S. cities that were mentioned were L.A., NYC, Mm -hmm. and, I mean, Bay Area, because NYC, and, I mean, like, Queens and Brooklyn, but how does Cincinnati play into all this? No idea. It is bonkers that Cincinnati... Is considered next to shout. Nigeria. It's yeah. wild to me. No idea wild. how that happened.
1: Brown skin lady was produced by Jay Rawls, and it begins with a sample from the
0: film Chameleon Street. Whenever I heard the sample, I thought I recognized it, mm. and like I was on Genius, and it you know it allows you to like click on it to see what it is. Yeah, and it said it said that movie, and I said never in my life, never, I have no, yeah, me no clue what that is, none. Never.
1: Uh, it also contains a sample from We Almost Lost Detroit by Gil Scott Heron and Brian Jackson.
0: I know one of those names. At least I know the name Gil Scott Heron, even though I've never listened to anything. Yeah. Next up, B-Boys will be boys. Yep. The rapping back and forth that they do on this track is shows you why they put this album out. Because mm-hmm. them working together like this, and I know how you feel about Black on Both Sides, but... Nothing they could do individually is better than them rapping back and forth like that to me. I think it's yeah to have that kind of chemistry to be able to pull that off and to do it at a level that they're doing it. Like, it's not just like, hey, my name is Mo Staff and hey, my name is quality. Like, it is legit complicated what they're yeah. just doing back.
1: Yeah, I love the feeling that you get from this, the
0: 80s, like hip hop party them doing that and the flow they're using along with the beat because the beat is crazy on this yeah it feels like a much older track and they're utilizing older hip-hop techniques that weren't being used in what 98 yeah uh 98 yeah i need you to tell me Uh uh-oh 43 seconds of a hype up on this okay (laughs) okay how do you feel about that i don't hate it. Uh, It's not my favorite. We know how I feel
1: about ad-libs and producers dropping their names into tracks. It's not the same thing on
0: this one, though. I think it's kind of the exact same thing that DJ Khaled does. (laughs) When I eventually bring you something that DJ Khaled may be yelling on, if it's less than 43 seconds, you're not allowed to bitch about it. (laughs) Because when I heard this, I was like, oh my god, it's still good. And that's why I timed it. I was like, this is still yelling about native tongues. Yeah, you can't (laughs) say anything. Because this, yeah, and by the way, it didn't even bother me, because it's not like it happens every track. Yeah. But it it was just very noticeable on this because of how long. That might be why I don't mind it, is
1: because it's not on every track. Whereas other projects where you have a super hype beast of a producer, it's every single track that they feel the need to throw their name out into. Which, you know, sure, let let them get their names out and,
0: like, be a part of it but I, I don't need it on every track the other thing I thought about this is because this beat as crazy as it is mm-hmm. imagine taking it half time and how spooky this boot this beat would sound that would be pretty crazy I didn't think about doing that I list when I heard this beat in my head I was like take this thing half time and Conway would Dish I was going to say any Griselda guys. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And Griselda comes up in a different track too later, which is weird. Okay. Fantastic. <laughs> but it, it's kind of just, it's not really a, eh, we'll get there.
1: Yeah. The track contains an interpolation of stoop rap by little Rodney C and KK Rockwell from the film wild style. Never seen wild style. And I one, don't know those names. I'm
0: one for eight. I'm one yeah. for eight. <laughs> right. Next up is KOS. And then parenthetically determination super conscious track mm-hmm. the hook is beautiful but i had no clue what she was saying without the lyrics i had no idea okay it, it, and i think that might be why r&b didn't hit me properly is because i think much like like the death metal and the harsh vocals that i listen to it's i think it takes an acquired ear something i gonna say to yeah you might not have the ear for it yeah and i don't think i ever developed that r&b ear that's not saying sure. like Probably can't maybe develop it, but do I want to put that time in? Do I sure. want to make that a job for myself? The production on this one shines through. I know I, I don't want to mention production all the time because it's always great, but yeah. the production on this thing, everything fits together so well. Like there, there's not one second on this where you think either something needs added or taken away. Like the sure. whole thing, there's just a bell. Like you'll just hear a bell and you're be like, <laughs> yeah, it yeah, fits perfectly there. And then you yeah. will just like everything works so, so well on it. It fits so, so well together. It's it's just a great track, but it is a yeah. super conscious track.
1: It's another high-tech track. It contains a feature by Vinya Mojica. Uh, the track contains a sample from Baby This Love I Have by
0: Minnie Riperton. I know Minnie Riperton. Yeah. <laughs> I have five Minnie Riperton records. <laughs> there you go. I've listened to one of them. <laughs> Next up is hater players. Yep. This is where I started to notice that this album it straddles this line almost from track to track that goes back and forth from like conscious mm-hmm. versus what could be perceived as a more mainstream pop hip hop. And right. this one this one kinda has that braggadocio that makes a little it, bit, yeah. It be more in the realm of what was on the radio than the conscious stuff that they're also doing. Right. Uh, but they do both flawlessly. Like, I can't complain about either. Like, the braggadocio works so well. And then, them their conscious shit, obviously. I mean, when you, like I said, when you talk about conscious hip hop, these are two guys that are e- even before, even without listening to their entire discographies, they're conscious rappers to me. Yeah. They, and they, I don't know if they ever won't be. That's why I loved that last week of September
1: releases list that I gave, because this record kind of does the same thing as that week did. Where you got yeah. A Tribe Called Quest coming out and Jay Z coming out? Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed 100%. I think this is a great like middle for both of those. Uh, this track was produced by Sean J. Period. Oh, That's again. All I have on this one. Yep.
0: Next up is Yo-Yeah. It, it seems just like kind of a conscious interlude. And are these samples? And and I don't know what they're samples from. I'm sure you have the information. Yep, Uh,
1: uses a sample from the track Down Low Ho by Scientific. I'm two for 12. (laughs) (laughs) Mini Ripperton and high tech. That's it. That's what
0: I got. (laughs) No, uh, Gil Scott Heron. So three for 12. Oh, yeah. Gotcha. Yep. (laughs) Next up is Respiration. Another conscious track. The thing that pokes out to me real quick on this is the cost of living as preposterous line. Mm Mm-hmm. Which when you think that that was said in 98 and And 22 were freaking going through the same shit. I I wish I would have looked up what inflation versus minimum wage rates were from 98 to 2022, but it's not gonna be what you want at all. Not at all. (laughs) It's another great track. I find myself resisting focusing on each individual word like I was earlier in the album. I don't know if it's I don't know if I'm getting like beat down a little bit by it. Like I don't sure. know if I'm getting a little. I don't want to use the term like overburdened because I I don't want somebody else expressing their burden to make it like it's my burden. Like I don't want to. I don't want them expressing to be my burden. Right. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I I have no problem with empathy and yes, your burden. will I will. I'll help you. Like we'll. T- I'll take on your burden. We'll work on this together. I'll do everything I can to help you, but I don't want it to seem like I'm saying that somebody expressing their burden is a burden on me. Is right. I, yeah. I'm trying to resist But we do have the man himself common yep. on this track. Sure. Do common crushes it and has, I don't know, 40 references. I don't know what they are. Like, just- <laughs> yeah. yeah. So when I, I had this false sense of, Oh, maybe I'm just smarter now because like conscious wise, common's kind of all I would like listen to. Like okay. that's kind of, I listened to a lot of common and I think the reason I listened to common and the reason I listened to conscious hip hop at all is because I felt, I felt I didn't deserve to listen to hip hop. Like I felt like it wasn't my culture and I felt like I needed to listen to the conscious stuff to respect it. And then maybe I'll be able to listen to the other stuff. So I kind Mm -hmm. of, I kind of used it to learn and then also as a bridge and a segue to listen to I mean let's say the hip hop I wanted to listen to but I sure. felt like I wasn't allowed. Right. So I I don't know if I ever fully enjoyed conscious hip hop. Oh wow. okay. I feel like I may have used conscious hip hop just as that that toll and I used it as a job to get the promotion that I was able to go and listen <laughs> to what I wanted to listen to. Sure. Like I said, I thought I was in this mind where I thought maybe I'm smarter now and I'm listening to conscious stuff and I understand some of these references. And then Common comes in and drops 40, 50 things on me that I don't know what the hell he's talking about. And I'm like, oh, (laughs) no, that's just who Common is. Like that's just what he does. Yeah, it's a great, great track. But at this point on the album, it's starting to feel heavy on me. Like the album itself. It's not as it's not work, but it's not necessarily like a party either. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, Oh, it, for sure. Yeah. It, it, it's kind of right there. It, it, now the individual tracks, like I put this thing on shuffle, listen to a few tracks here and there. No problems, but it's just all of it adding up when we get to this part. And that, that's where we're at. Plus the, towards the
1: end of this record, all the songs start getting longer in time too.
0: Oh like if, yeah. If you took a look uh, at that. I've, yeah. I've noticed Respiration is like a six minute long track and it didn't bother me. Like the length of respiration alone didn't bother me. I wonder if it was
1: the the switch up between rappers and that, that it didn't feel so much like six I, minutes.
0: I would say so. Cause like, even yeah. when I listened to, it was my, I had it as my record of the week a while ago and I'm not trying to compare, um, coast contra with black star at all. <laughs> right. But like because, because there's so many rappers in that group. And when, because they, you know, if you want to feature them all in on one track, it's going to be long. It doesn't bother me as much because right. that's just, what's happening. That's just, yeah. I, okay. I listen to everybody. Right. And I, I'm going to say that probably did help. And knowing that common was coming made me yeah. you know, not, not have a problem. Right. Cause I still do love. Common. Yeah. Oh yeah.
1: Respiration was produced by high tech. Uh, the track contains a sample from the Fox by Don Randy, as well as a sample from the film style Wars three for
0: 15. <laughs> Next up thieves in the night. I think this is potentially the heaviest of the conscious tracks. Okay. Like you get into it and it's the more you get into it, the the heavier it feels almost like the more sure. you dig at this thing, the heavier it feels. Yeah. And the fact that it comes at the time when I'm kind of feeling this album weighing on me already, it's, it's, it's like a double It doesn't help. face. Yeah. It doesn't help. An incredible track in and of itself. Like I said, you take this out of where it is of the album. If I just listen to this track alone, incredible track. I have, I have no problems with any of it. It's still great. But just I'm a, maybe I'm a bit run down about that at this point. And like you said, yeah. the tracks are getting longer. So it's just kind of eating at me. I and maybe you. that was the aim. Like, maybe that was the aim. Like, let's throw these conscious tracks where they're going to eat on you and they'll affect you more. And if so, brilliant. Like, that's your yeah, art. Possibly. I can't say anything about that.
1: Right. Thieves in the Night just produced
0: by 88 Keys. I know 88 Keys. I don't know from what, though. I don't know. Oh, that's how I know. He did five tracks on Donda. Oh, okay. That's how I know because he is—he is a friend of Kanye. That makes yeah. Sense. Okay. The closer, twice in a lifetime. Jane Doe crushes right? this. Yeah, she does crushes it so hard. Wordsworth delivers so hard on this. Yeah, I'm unfamiliar with both of them completely. Like Me too. I, yeah. Do they, did you look up to see if they became and did they change their name? Like, is this a titty boy situation? No, I didn't look it up because I love the fact that. I've I, I knew Titty Boy forever. Forever. <laughs> like popped up in Luda Luda songs all the time. Like all the southern all the southern artists popped up all the time. I was always like, oh Titty Boy. I, knew, I never knew what happened to Titty Boy. And then this guy comes along and I'd never put it together. And then I become a fan of this man, and then mm-hmm. look more into him and realize, oh, Titty Boy is two chains. Really? Yes. <laughs> Does wild. And I was blown away. I was like, oh, my God, I've been listening to 2 Chains for fucking years. (laughs) But, yeah, no, both of them kill it so hard. Both came through. The change up in sound helps me a lot from the previous tracks, like just them sounding different. And even though they're still flowing in like that same way, it's it's just completely different. It allows me to have a favorable feeling where if this would have ended in like the last track, I, I would have been like, like I ran me down a little bit but this one it gets me right back to just enough like this is great it puts me in a place where I have no negative feelings on the album also I need to just read this through these lines like a squeegee we'd be lighting shit up like phosphorus turning flamboyant anonymous depressing to optimus you stopping us is preposterous like an androgynous misogynist you picking the wrong time stepping to me when I'm in my prime like optimus holy shit is that, that was sick. so good? <laughs> Wordsworth went on to do stuff.
1: Jane Doe okay. never went on to do anything that I'm, that I can find.
0: That's wild. Were they part of native tongues? Like it felt to me like when I think it's probably just the New York underground scene. Yeah, it felt to me like when like Benny puts his BSF guys on or Conway yep. puts his drum work guys on. Like that's what it felt like to me.
1: That's, uh, that's what it feels like to me too. It just feels like these are some New York underground rappers that they were like, yeah, let's put you on.
0: And I love that yeah. they did that with the last track of this record. Uh, agreed. Yeah. And yeah. and it left, me, it left awesome. me satisfied. Like, it left yeah. me satisfied, too. Like, they had the confidence in them to close the record. Yeah. And, and this is another high-tech produced record song. I forgot to mention the other part that reminded me of uh, Griselda, which is at the beginning of Respiration, when the woman's speaking Spanish. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It just reminded me of the... Grizelda by Fashion Records. Like it sounded <laughs> right. like the same exact tone almost. Like I, yeah. I when I heard it, I was like, that's that's Griselda. Like that's what that <laughs> is. Like, what, are, what are we doing? So I think there's a bigger conversation to have about conscious rap as a whole. And I don't know if this episode is long enough for it, but I'm just <laughs> right. gonna like I'm just gonna throw my opinion out on at least modern day conscious rap, and this will continue. Actually, I'll wait. Let's do top three first. We'll do top okay. Three. Yeah, let's do your top three. All right, I'm gonna cheat a little bit. On so am three. I. So that's fine. I'm gonna. My number one is definition slash redefinition as one track. Me too. My that's number my number one. one. Yep. That's my cheating because I I couldn't pick between the two. And yep. In my head, they're the same track, so they're gonna stay the same track. Yep. I'm 100 with you right there. That they're both my number one as well. Uh, the one that was almost my number one. If those two. Weren't so good. This one mm-hmm. definitely would have been my number one. You probably could have guessed this one, Brown Skin Lady. lady yep. I love that track so much. It's it's a it's a perfect track. It's so yeah. good. uh Respiration is my number two. Okay, I I put Respiration as my number four. <laughs> <laughs> I squeezed that in there.
1: So really, you did a top five.
0: Yeah. Kinda. Yeah. <laughs> And my number three, just because of how important it was to me for this record, Twice in a Lifetime is okay. number three, because it, it it wrapped it up perfectly. It put the bow on it for me that I I think I needed for this track.
1: I had Twice in a Lifetime as my number three, but scratched it out. Okay. Just, be- just because I love children's story so much. I love that little homage to Slick Rick. I love that the end part that he did with knock it out the box. Most knock it out. Most yeah. knock it out. The box most. I love that. And then, um, at the end where he goes crumbs, slick Rick did that too. <laughs>
0: okay. Yeah. Okay. That's, fair.
1: I, That's fair. I love that track. And then yeah, twice in a lifetime is such a great way to end this record. I think, especially with putting on these other artists that arguably nobody else has heard of. I just
0: really appreciate that. So then, because the conversation I'm going to have, like the brief conversation we're going to have about conscious hip hop as a whole, is going to lead into, I believe, your record of the week. <laughs> yeah, you might as well just ask me the question now. Black Star's
1: record, Most Deaf and Talib Kweli are Black Star.
0: Throne, mm-hmm. Own Phone or Grown for you? I think this record is fantastic. I think it's a fantastic record. Um, even like my opinions that you're going to hear. I mean, you've heard them a little bit here and there, where like I used it as a gateway. I used conscious rap as a gateway. Yeah. I don't exactly know if I'm fully a conscious hip hop head like sure. anymore. I don't. I, I mean, I guess if I say that, I have to say I don't know if I ever was. Mm. I I enjoyed it when I was listening to it, but I think it was just to reach the goal of listening to other stuff and feel like it, like I wasn't infringing on a culture I shouldn't have been like I felt like I needed to learn about it that being said I I will own this on vinyl at some point because it's it's absolutely fantastic mm. I don't think I will listen to it as in depth because on the surface you could listen to this and if you don't dive into it it doesn't have to be as conscious or as right abrasive isn't the word I want to use, but it's the only one I have in my head right now. Like okay. it's, it wouldn't, it's not as challenging if you will. Sure. Uh, I, I love the record. I think it's great. Production's great. Two absolute legends rapping on it. Everybody they brought in also, nobody let me down. Like there wasn't one person they brought in where I was like, yeah, we could have done without that. Like it's, sure. it's a, com- it's a complete project. I will own it at some point. Um, so it's a awesome. known. That's awesome. Now moving on to the, my opinion on current conscious hip hop and I will, I will reference, I'll I'll get into what I know (laughs) your record of the week is, I believe. Yeah. I I still see that it's necessary. I still see that it, Oh yeah. It's the, the art of it still exists and should exist for me personally. I think that the world is in such a different place than when conscious hip hop started that, we're all inundated with everything all the time, like with the internet, social media, everything. Right. And I think that everything is so in your face that everybody with empathy or even a passing care for another human being seemingly knows about a lot of problems that exist. Like we, we know we, we just, most of us, struggle to find out how to help and struggle to find out what we can do. And I feel like conscious hip hop was a lot of telling those. Like if you were listening to conscious hip hop, you were learning a lot of things that you did not know because it wasn't out there. Sure. But now it's, it's so out there that I don't see personally. I, when I hear conscious stuff now, as much as I respect and appreciate it, my head's just like, I, this feels like it's not for me though. Like, okay. and I'm not saying all conscious rap needs to be aimed at somebody. Cause sometimes all the conscious stuff, like in Mr. Morale and the big steppers, yep. it's, it's, it's not just for the listener. That was, that's also Kendrick's therapy. Like he did that. Yeah, I was just going to say that. As
1: well, yeah,
0: 100%. So like, I have no problem listening to that, but it's not going to be something that I am going to go out. And I think I listened to uh, Mr. Morale and the big steppers four times through and then a few tracks here and there right and it's a very conscious record at a lot of it like it's a yeah. heavy record it is definitely heavy yeah i feel like i shouldn't even be speaking on it like i feel like i'm that's not something for me to speak on because i believe it's on like a lot of generational black trauma yeah i believe that that's what it's about and i don't think i i i, I don't I shouldn't be speaking on that at all. As a white man, I should not be talking about that. Sure. That being said, I still really enjoyed listening to it. Does that mean I'm going to revisit it? (sighs) I don't know. It's definitely not one of my favorite Kendrick product projects. And the way I use music now isn't to learn like it was before. It's more as an escape for me because I feel like we're always learning. So, The conscious stuff doesn't necessarily let me escape. And also, I I, I do understand that like, if that's your situation, like you can't escape and I'm just privileged enough that I, I can. And I Mm -hmm. I recognize that and it does bum me out because I wish everybody could have that escape. Right. I don't know if I'm saying this right, but I, I like, I mean, well, with all I'm saying, I don't want it to come off as if I'm saying, you know, like, fuck this, this shouldn't happen, because I don't want I don't, that to sound I'm like not. That. I'm not taking it like that at all, I don't think. I just mean like, because like, this is going to be out in the ether. I just, I just, because sometimes I say things wrong, but just know <laughs> that everything I'm saying, I mean, I, I'm, there's so much well meaning behind it that I'm just trying to uh, come at it from a hip-hop genre standpoint as opposed to a social standpoint. Right. But it's hard because yeah. conscious hip-hop is so ingrained social. with social. So it's, it's a really hard thing to talk about, especially as somebody who is a visitor in the hip hop culture to begin with. Right. I don't think I'm a conscious hip hop head. I think maybe I'm just past a a phase of it. Like maybe I'm just in a phase where I'm not into it. Like maybe I'll grow into it again. I'll be like, this is really what I want. But right now, I mean, maybe, maybe if I get my anxiety under control, I could be back (laughs) back to that. Right. (laughs) But we're working on it. It's, it's, it's a process. We're getting there. Progress. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just felt like I needed to enjoy the conscious stuff in order to enjoy the other hip hop. And now that I'm able to enjoy the other hip hop, that's what you want. That's kind. Yeah, that's kind of what I want. Yeah. And I, I don't regret ever listening to anything. And like, like even the new Kendrick album, like I don't regret listening to it. There's a lot of stuff on there I loved. There's some stuff that I mean, there's some tracks on there. I'll let you take it over from here. There's some tracks on there that absolutely blew my mind. There so, are. Yeah. That is your record of the week. That yeah, that's my record
1: of the week. This new Kendrick project, Mr. Morel and the Big Steppers, it it blew me away with first listen, and then continuing to listen, it grew even more on me. Okay, uh, there's just so much in on this record that is just kind of how did it? Uh, well, like you said, like there's so much related to man. I don't even know how to say. I don't even know how to say this. There's just a lot of past things that I don't understand personally that he gets into on this. And there's so many heavy, heavy tracks that that we don't cry together track is wild. I can't wrap my head around it uh, Mm -hmm. because I've never been there. Uh, I've never had to deal with any of that at all. Uh, But you can feel you can feel that track. One that really got me is Father Time, where he's talking about grown men with daddy issues. I feel that one. Oh, there's just so much on this record that is just it. I it,
0: I can't. I feel really weird talking about it. Agreed, 100. percent And I I need to say that as just because I say as a music record, it's not my favorite Kendrick record. It might be. If we're if we're judging it off the basis of music records, mm-hmm. it's 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 low. It's 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 uh, it might be my least favorite Kendrick record. But if I'm grading this as pieces of art, like if yeah. this is a piece of art, it's hand in hand with the Pimp a Butterfly. Like that, to Pimp a Butterfly to me is an unbelievable piece of art, and right. this is the same thing. Mr. Mal and the Big suppers is the same thing. It's an unbelievable piece of art, but just. As a music record, if that's what we're judging, we're supposed to be a music podcast. Yeah, yeah. And that's just I'm trying to just say that, you know, I don't tell anybody that thinks otherwise that they're wrong. Like that's not what I'm here to do. I sure. don't think yeah. Kendrick no, not at all. I don't think Kendrick dropped the ball with this one. Oh, I, I, think don't think so I think it's I think it's hundred percent exactly what he wanted to do. Yeah. I don't know if I can figure out enough if he's rapping as Kendrick, if he's rapping as a personality, if he's rapping as you know, a different character, if he's there's just so much to it. And I think yeah. I told you that after like my second listen through I was like there's just so much here. Yeah,
1: yeah, there is. Yeah, there's there's just you're right, there's so much here. But one standout track for me on this one is Purple Hearts. I love that song. Summer Walker on that is amazing. Ghostface on that is amazing rapping about what I wouldn't expect him to as a Ghostface mm-hmm. feature and Kendrick's I mean he's he's phenomenal that's all i can say like for a double album to come out that plays into it for me too by the way the length of it is you know where i'm at on long oh yeah and yeah i just haven't been able to stop listening to this record it's it's, yeah i think it's phenomenal it we we kind of briefly talked about this you and i it's probably my second favorite kendrick project
0: now Speaking of, and this is going to kind of, I'm going to feel like a hypocrite when I say this, (laughs) but speaking of albums you can't stop listening to, there's one that's been on my rotation since it came out that I've still been listening to that I finally got around to giving it a rating. So this week, it is my record of the week. And it's weird because there is some conscious stuff in it. It's just done differently. Okay. Like it's almost, it's almost snuck by you, which is almost kind of what I need. Sure, and it's kind of conscious in a different way. It's more of a self-conscious record, if you if that makes sense. Okay, and yeah. it is. It's Denzel Curry's "Melt My Eyes, See Your Future."
1: Yeah, I I listened to that the week it came out, and I think we both said there's so much here that yeah. I I personally couldn't wrap my head around it, and I haven't gone back to try and listen to it again. But I really think I need to.
0: I've listened to it probably since it came out, probably four or five times a week, and yeah. it. I I can't pr- probably the same thing that Kendrick's doing for you, and I'm not comparing Denzel and Kendrick. That's not what we're here to do. We're not here to oh yeah, not pin at all. two rappers against each other. But it, I I think it's an astonishing album, and I think where where Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers takes that next step to be art, it loses a little bit of the music the music factor, mm. and that's fine. Like if that's what he wants to make, absolutely. Like great, like do that. Right. But I think that melt my eyes to your future it maintains that music through everything which okay. is astonishing to me also yeah and that's not saying one's better than the other you know what I mean I'm just sure just I love Denzel Curry's melt my eyes to your future yeah I need to listen to that again so black star most and Talib quality are black star was an own for me that's awesome I'm so glad. glad we got I'm so philosophical glad. about conscious hip-hop I hope I didn't come off in a way that anybody's offended because that was not my intention i don't think you did all i gotta do is give you what's next week right what we're listening yeah. to next what week. am i listening to um oh whole celebrity scan. no i'm kidding you suck uh, <laughs> <laughs> um what are we gonna do let me let me look at the list here give me a number Ooh. give me a number choose your own adventure style yeah, it's going to be, but it's also like if it lands on one, I'm just going to be like, okay, I'm going to count. These <laughs> oh, <never mind. laughs> uh, give me a number like one, two, seven. Oh, let's go with three. Three is a magic number. Okay, three. We're not doing that one this time. So one, two, three. I don't think you want another Acacia Strain record yet. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll do that one. We are going to do Ice Nine Kills. Oh, it's their debut record. Okay. It's called Last Chance to Make amends. I know
1: very very little about this band at all. Didn't they do like some kind of like horror movie type deal recently? I think
0: their last I think their last like 3 records were like horror movie records. Okay. Like they're like concept albums based on horror movies. But I I will say I'm I'm going to like I don't think you'll learn anything about this this band in its current <laughs> In, in its current fashion the that from this album like it's okay. different it's it's different and it's it normally it's,
1: is i mean uh debut albums are usually a little bit different than where they end up
0: years later it's 10 tracks like just over a half hour so oh oh okay like not much you know not not a super huge record here sure so you, you kind of did choose your own adventure even though i had to count would, would you pick three? I'd count nine yeah. to get there. But <laughs> <laughs> So only thing left is um, follow us on Twitter at pod. Send us an email at rulistening.pod at gmo.com. Join the Facebook group. The link will be in the show notes. Listen to us anywhere podcasts are available. Yep, And go and scream our name from a mountaintop. Don't get too close to the edge because we care about you. We do care about but you. Go- Go scream our name off a mountaintop. If somebody hears you, good. If not, you at least, least got you did exercise You saw some sun. You climbed. Maybe you'll hear an echo. And even if that mountaintop is just you getting out of bed, we're proud of you. There you go. That's a good day. Thank you for listening. Of course, Scott. Thank you for the album. Thank you for the podcast. Thank you for the friendship. Yeah. Thank you. Are you listening? Are you listening? Crumbs. Yeah, so we, we opened up, we talked about the weather, um, two 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 deaths, and then a skull shooting. That's where we're at now. It's kind of dangerous to be an MC. Brown skin lady. No more, no more, baby I'ma do right.
1: Chromes.